Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Big Blue Insider is on. News Radio 630 WLAP and the iHeartRadio app. To interact with the show, call us at 859-280-2287. That's 859-280-CATS. Or you can tweet us at BigBlueInsider1. Welcome back. Hour number two of this Wednesday edition of the Big Blue Insider. One hour in the books and one hour to go of this millennial takeover. I am Billy Rutledge along with Aaron Gershon and Evan Collins behind the board pressing the buttons. Big thank you to Brian Milam for joining us in the first hour, talking a lot of college football and baseball. And joining us now is a man who needs no introduction. He's the voice of the Kentucky Wildcats, a part of the UK Sports Network. And also, you can hear him on this very radio station, 630 WLAP, weekdays at 9 a.m. It's Tom Leach. Follow him on Twitter, at TomLeachKY. Tom, how are you doing, my friend? Doing pretty well, Billy. Well, before we hit you with the tough questions about college football and, and Kenny Payne's leaving of Kentucky basketball, I got to ask you of what you make of Churchill Downs's uh, changes to the Kentucky Derby. Are you sad that you won't be able to get hammered and go out to the infield this year? <laughs> yeah, that uh, it hasn't been my path of choice. So uh, that 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 aspect of the decision doesn't have any effect. Um, but uh, yeah, it kind of felt like it was. Uh, when they cut off the sales a few weeks ago of tickets in the infield, it kind of felt like uh, that was coming. So I think at one point, back when uh, numbers looked better for the coronavirus, I think people were thinking they might get you know twice as many or more people in there. Um, so it'll be, I guess, as far as I can tell, the first sporting event that will have a significant number of, of people attending. Um, so we'll we'll see how that goes, and then if if there is college football, then at some point, uh, if the situation for the country is improving, could you um, get some a number of fans into football games if they're played? And if uh, if you can, then this is maybe a, you know, an example to see how that could work. Well, it's an event that's much different with fans, and I can see why they want to get as many people inside as possible. It was just a little bit of a head-scratcher for me right after the Indy 500 goes off with no fans. They expect a lot more. But by September 5th, I I get what you're saying, Tom. You know, September 12th is when uh, the NFL season will start. September 26th is when the SEC is reportedly to start. So maybe it would become that barometer to see if they can, if it is possible at all, to have fans if that amount of people in the stands, but what we're here. The, the thing I wonder about as far as like the Indy 500 and I, don't, I haven't uh, read any of the stories on, you know, in, in any detail of, you know, why they made their decision beyond just, you know, the coronavirus, right. but you have a lot of, I'm sure additional costs, staffing and all the other things that go into uh, accommodating the protocols that it takes to have some level of, of attendance at a sporting event. And so there's a, uh, uh, 
substantial cost to doing that. And so it may be that some places decide it's, you know, it, it's not worth the, the cost and the, uh, the trouble to, to do it for this one year, whereas with Churchill Downs, um, and I haven't talked to anybody there, but I'm just, just looking at the circumstances, they have, um, number one, a, one of the highest-priced tickets uh, that is out there, probably even more so than ever with uh, a smaller supply. So there's a financial incentive if you can safely do it to do it, plus – those people, unlike at the Indy 500, get to bet when they come. So you, yeah. you you make additional money off of them, and so maybe it is in that situation, you know, worth the uh, the extra effort and cost that goes into having fans. Plus the fact that if you were going to design a place to try to pull off, you know, something like this, it would probably be a, something like Churchill Downs. You've got six floors. You've got most of the seats partitioned off in blocks of six in the they're you know uh, grouped into boxes of of six people so it's easy to to separate people out um you know it's a huge physical plant and unlike a golf tournament they don't move from hole to hole they the event they're watching is is stationary in that you know, one circle so um you know i'm interested to see how it works because i i've kind of thought all along they were perfectly uh positioned um, with you know how the, uh, the the facility is and um, with the event and everything to try to get some level of attendance and then uh, we'll see how that goes and, and maybe they asked their neighbors over at Loose City how they've been doing with the social distancing yeah you know, that's true I'm not sure what number you know how many people they're getting in but as far as I know I'm guessing was it maybe eight it's ten thousand it's know. about four or five thousand a game four or five okay and but I haven't heard any issues that they've had yeah no issues yet so. Uh, we we also saw an event at Bristol Motor Speedway go off uh, with very little outbreaks afterwards. So it, it's definitely possible. It's just, you know, we're kind of pushing the boundaries every month after uh, to see what we can do. But, Tom, you had, uh, as the voice of the Kentucky Wildcats, a, a first-row seat to Kenny Payne's 10 years here at Kentucky. And with him accepting the assistant coaching job with the New York Knicks, um, you know, we've been asking a lot of questions about how significant Kenny Payne has been for the University of Kentucky. And there's no doubt you could tell by the outpouring of support you saw from former players on social media and even the comments from the guys like John Calipari. But if you were to quantify what Kenny Perry has meant to Kentucky basketball in the last 10 years, how would you describe it? I don't know that it's really easy to, um, to describe or to, to, in one sentence, uh, sum up what Kenny's meant because he's a guy that uh, I think on a, on a resume for a coach checks boxes. Some guys checks every box. Um, you know, some guy may, some guys maybe they're better recruiter, not as as good on the court, but so you you have a risk reward trade off there. Or other guys, it's maybe they're great on the court or you know uh, drawing up plays or whatever, and they're an adequate recruiter. And so oh, on a staff, you balance that out, but. Sometimes you can find the guy that's kind of good at everything, and um, those are the guys that I would imagine would make the best head coaches. And uh, unfortunately, Kenny hasn't uh, gotten that opportunity yet. So maybe I know I had Mike Pratt on this morning, and Mike was uh, speculating, didn't ask Kenny about this, but he was speculating maybe Kenny saw this as a way to, to get to a head coaching job uh, by uh, making this move since it hadn't happened otherwise. Um, but he, uh, you know, he's, he's the guy. If you 
sometimes it, as you in your work career you have that greatest boss that somebody that maybe pushes you hard to get everything out of you and get you to be your best but you know that he or she really does care about you and uh, you're not just a commodity to them and they really genuinely care about you love you and so you'll run through fire for them and that's the relationship Kenny has with those guys yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I kind of had the same sentiment that you and Mike Pratt had, that maybe he was head coaching material. Not sure why he wasn't the head coach of a someplace yet. Maybe he loved his job at Kentucky so much. But John Calipari had some interesting comments today. I'm not sure if you've seen this yet, Tom, but he said it was ridiculous that he hasn't had a head coaching opportunity. And if Coach Cal knew when he was going to leave Kentucky, then Kenny Payne could just could have been that next man up. You know, he doesn't have any coaching experience but do you think that would have been the exception of the rule to this Kentucky basketball job if a guy like KP would have been the next man up to be the coach at Kentucky? Or maybe so, he finally finds his way back to Kentucky after a stint in the NBA. Maybe so. Uh, I mean, he could have, you know, the, uh, you know it, initially I think my, my thoughts always, you know, it's for a job like the Kentucky basketball job and everything that goes with it beyond just coaching basketball – that uh, you uh, would prefer somebody that's uh, been a, a head coach before. But I think Kenny has, has gotten to the point where I think a lot of people would be, uh, you know, would have been very comfortable if that had played out that way because, um, again, he kind of checks every box. He's a he great recruiter, great coach, great, you know, he's become so good in media situations, uh, whether it's the call in show when he's filling with Cal or a post game show or just doing the the press conference with the media, uh, great with fans. Fans adore him. Um, and so, I've, you know, he, he his salary was such that there were probably, uh, maybe, I'm guessing, maybe jobs he uh, might have had the chance to get but uh, would have had to take maybe too big of a cut. I don't know. But uh, I, I would definitely agree with Cal that he uh, somebody should have, uh, you know, a lot of teams have missed the boat by not hiring him because of, uh I think how good he'll be whenever he gets into that role. And now that he's going to the NBA, you know, he might find his way into a, you know, a lot of guys, you know, the NBA teams uh, tap assistant coaches once they've, you know, proven themselves for head coaching jobs. Um, so I think Kenny's the the kind of guy that uh, is is definitely, you know, more than ready. And that's a shame that um, he uh, he didn't get a chance in college and uh, is now moving on to the NBA to be a, a head coach. But on the other hand, it's been great for Kentucky that he has been here for this long a period of time. Great for the you know the program and the kids that he worked with. And, um, you know, it's a guy that just had Cal's complete trust. And so if you've got uh, somebody like that on your staff, that's uh, obviously a wonderful asset as a head guy. So I'm on football, and if the SEC decides that a season cannot be played, is it just official that Kentucky football is cursed? Because, I mean, this should <laughs> on paper, this might be the best roster the team has had maybe ever. And, you know, with Georgia not having so much inexperience on in offense in Florida, uh, you could buy or sell them. Uh, this might have been their year to get to Atlanta. Yeah, I, I don't believe in curses, but I can certainly understand, uh, you know, if, when somebody says that um, because uh, – yeah, if, if it if there's no season of college football this fall, it comes in the year where, on paper, Kentucky has its best shot anyway to 
to make a run at it. You know, they were in that position two years ago where Georgia came in here and they went to Atlanta. So uh, we know they can get into that position, but they were a huge underdog that day. That would have been a you know massive upset had they won it. Uh, you know, I think this year on on paper going into it, you had a chance to think that at least you you know you, you wouldn't have to be scared of anybody any matchup in the league, and you'd uh, you know could you take care of enough business often enough to to do it? Uh, it'd be you know it'll be great if we can see if that can happen, but. Um, you know that I, I understand the question. <laughs> well, the term "eventful" would be an understatement to describe what's happened in college football in this past week. <laughs> and I want to ask you, Tom, what has stuck out to you the most with what's happened with the Big Ten and the Pac-12 canceling, with the Big Twelve, along with the ACC being very defiant in saying that they are going to move forward. To me, it was the fact. Like football coaches like Ryan Day and Jim Harbaugh come out vocally against the presidents who had just voted not to have football. So, to you, in all of this madness, what has stuck out to you? Um, it it kind of reminds me of something I, I tell my kids often. Uh, I said, There's very little in life you have to do today. We all say, I have to do this, I have to do that. And if you sit down and think about it, there's maybe things like, I'd like to get that done today, or I uh, hope I can do that, but there's very little. You have to do that. Sometimes there will be. But uh, so my thought is they didn't have to make this decision now. Mm-hmm. So why make it? Um, push it back. The SEC is not starting till the 26th. Push it back till then. You can push it back farther than that. Because to me, if, if I'm a parent of an athlete in Big Ten or Pac-12 school, I'm like, guys, help me out here. You, I want my kid to make the right choices. And kids don't always do that. And in this particular time, it's more important than ever. I'd like them to make the mic, the like for them to make the right choices for their health. And with the carrot of a season still out there, I feel like they're incentivized to uh, to a greater degree to make the right choices. So let's let's just you know keep that in place for another month and see where it is. And then if we have to cancel, then so be it. But you don't you know there's still going to be as far as I have heard, they're still going to be going through practices and drills, so it's not like they're you know shutting down. They're just not playing games. We've been speaking with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. You can hear him on this very radio station weekdays from 9 to 10 a.m., also during every football and basketball broadcast involving the Wildcats. Tom, I really appreciate the time to join the Millennials here on the Big Blue Insider, and I want to leave you with this. Um, just your personal opinion on what you think about college football and if we have a season this year. College football started back in 1868, and it has gone through two world wars. It's gone through a, a, a pandemic back in 1918, and they have never missed a season. Do you think that we will have college football in 2020? Well, first, it's uh, it's an honor to have been with the, the Millennial Edition <laughs> of the Big Blue Insider for the first time. So. Uh, that's, You're uh, always that's welcome, special. Tom. Always welcome. <laughs> um, and do I think we'll have it? Um, you know, I, I, I will say, I guess, what I've said all along. I'm going to err on. Uh, if, I, if I have to pick one side or the other, I'm going to pick the side of, of being optimistic. So I'll, I'll hang on to hope. Um, you know, it's uh, with two leagues dropping out, uh, it admittedly, um, uh, I could understand anybody who uh, doesn't. Uh, lean to the optimistic side, but um, you know, as long as uh, the, you've got three leagues that are still moving forward and believe that they can do it, 
uh, in a uh, safe and healthy way for the players, then, um, you know, I, I think at this point, I mean, you've got games that will start here in less than a month. Yep. And uh, I would think, um, it, you know, as much more time passes, they're committed to at least starting. And once you start, uh, maybe you can finish. Um, so um, I, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say, uh, it's really, I mean, I'm, you know, it's, we're all guessing, who knows, right? Who knows? I'm, I'm, ho- I'm hopeful, so I'll say yes, but uh, that's more uh, hope than uh, probably, it's more, more heart than head. Well, Tom, I do really appreciate the time. I could pick your brain for the rest of the hour, but our time has come to an end. Looking forward to talking to you again sometime soon. And, and for me, at least, it'll be Friday if you're going to be hosting the Leach Report because oh, right. I'll be down in Louisville running yeah. a show for you. Yes, so uh, we'll see you on uh, Friday with uh, Mr. DeCourcy and Mark Story. And Mark, uh, I'm actually looking forward to getting into this kind of discussion with him because he wrote uh, one of his recent columns was about um, – uh, you know, he he would like to see somebody try to start and play just to see if if they can safely pull it off. Now, you know, it's like you don't want to play Russian roulette with anybody's health. So, assuming you are reasonably confident you can do it in a healthy and and safe way, then I too would like to see somebody see if it's possible. Well, we are all big Mark Story fans over here on the Big Blue Insider, so we will be tuning <laughs> okay. in nevertheless for that show on Friday, Tom. Big a big thank you again for joining us. You are welcome, guys. Have a good evening. There he is, voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach, joining the Millennials here on the Big Blue Insider. Who would have thought? All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, plenty more sports news to talk about. We have Serena versus Venus in Lexington. That match will be on Thursday. We got more details for that. And also Lynn Bowden. How is he going to fit in with the new Las Vegas Raiders? You got offensive mastermind John Gruden at the head coach position. You also got a good guy in Greg Olson as offensive coordinator. They drafted him as a running back, but how are we going to see Lynn Bowden in the NFL? We got sound and all that coming next here on the Home of the Cats, 630 WLAP. This is the home of the Wildcats, 630 WLAP. We're back. Big thank you to Tom Leach for joining us here in the beginning of the second hour of a millennial takeover of the Big Blue Insider. It's Billy Rutledge and Aaron Gershon. And before we take our bottom of the hour break, we do have some breaking news coming from the NCAA. The Division One Council has recommended the Division One Board of Directors provide fall sports student athletes who compete and then opt out of future participation or have a season cut short due to COVID-19 one an extension on their five-year period of eligibility, and two, an additional season of competition if they participate in 50% or less of the maximum number of competitions allowed in each sport by Division One rules. So Aaron Dick Gabriel, the host of the Big Blue Insider, likes to remind us that the NCAA doesn't have any power, and Mark Emmert is just a figurehead, uh, but it looks like they're recommending here a common sense decision that if you don't play because of COVID, they're going to give you your season back. Yeah, which is absolutely the right thing. I mean, we saw them do that with uh, the spring athletes who only got, in baseball's case, I believe the UK baseball team got about 15 games in and did not get the conference play. So uh, it makes all the sense in the world. It's the right thing to do. It's on the list of obviously those, I guess you can call it demands or um, request that the players from the Pac-12 and uh, our team we want to play moving on. So it's the right move. 
I think it is too, but I do see a loophole. Maybe Terry Wilson only plays four games this year instead of five, and we get him for another year. Who knows? <laughs> it's just what we have to work through here in the year of sports in 2020. We're going to take a break. Much more coming your way. This is the Home of the Cats, 630 WLAP. You're listening to Big Blue Insider with Dick Gabriel on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome back. This is the Big Blue Insider. It's Billy Rutledge, Aaron Gershon, talking all things sports, but with a millennial mindset. 859-280-2287. That's 859-280-CATS. If you'd like to join the show or tweet us at Sports and at agershon 99 If you're just tuning in, you've missed a hell of a show so far. At 630, we had Brian Milam on, the WKYT Sports Director, talking a lot of Reds and baseball. Also, Tom Leach just joined us, the voice of the Wildcats, to give his thoughts about Kenny Payne and the departure from Kentucky. We've also talked a lot about the Big 12 and how they're going to be pushing forward with the college football season. They have um, moved their start date back to September 26th with the SEC and they announced a 10-game schedule today with nine conference games and one non-conference opponent. But Aaron, a few more sports stories, and we'll have a little fun in this segment here, uh, all coming back and relating to UK sports. Have you seen the new NBA guest rules, Aaron? I have, and I'm happy about them. Well, the NBA today uh, announced zero positive coronavirus cases over the past week. So it has been wildly successful over these past few months about that NBA bubble in Orlando at Disney World. But also the NBA announced that they're going to be welcoming guests inside that Orlando bubble after the first round of the playoffs. So the semifinals, when you get to the second round, then players can bring guests to the Orlando bubble. Now, the clarification, though, of this rule is what has made this funny. Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted earlier today that players will be allowed to bring in family and, quote, established, long-standing personal friends into the bubble. Why is it necessary for the NBA to have to pinpoint the definition of who can and can't go to the NBA bubble? Well, if you remember earlier about our conversations about Instagram models and trying to get inside the NBA bubble, there's a real risk of someone who may not be a family member coming into that bubble and uh, infecting some people. So a memo to players today, the league is now requiring players to provide proof of longstanding relationships with the non-family members that they bring into the bubble. This will preclude players from hosting guests who would be deemed as wholly casual in nature, including, quote, known by the player only through social media or an intermediary. That is hilarious to me, Aaron. We continue our positive news of sports today, which is against the norm of the first two days. But this had made me chuckle that the NBA had to tell the guys that you just can't have somebody that you met on Tinder come into the bubble. Can't do it. Yeah, no, it's definitely interesting. I don't know how that criteria will fit uh, with the friends thing, but I, I think it is a really good thing that the NBA is going to allow at least players' loved ones to get in there. I mean, the more I've thought about it, what, they've already been in the bubble since the beginning of July. I don't know the exact date. If you're a team that's on, you know, like the Clippers, the Lakers, the Bucks, who, or Raptors who may play in the NBA Finals, you're going to be in that bubble from July to October. That's four months. 
So to not see your family, I mean, the baseball players, that was the big thing. They had a problem with, with having a bubble. They wanted to be around their families, and who can't understand that? So I think it's the right idea. I mean, they're probably going to get tested just like the NBA players every every day. Hey, it'll kind of be like an old school thing for the players to kind of be in the gym and the only people watching them or that they care in the stands are their mom and dad or their kids or their wife. I mean, that's pretty cool. So uh, I really like the idea. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head talking about being away from your family for so long. And this is going to give a reduced amount of players that opportunity since you're going to wait until the second round of the playoffs. Each player will be allowed four guests, excluding children. If you have more children than that, you can bring those. And only one ticket per game to those playoff games. So you will see real fans in the stands starting in the second round of the NBA playoff, but you'll have those players will have to decide who gets that one ticket. The families will quarantine for one week off-site and then four days again once they get to the bubble. But, man, if I see Kendall Jenner on the sideline of a Sixers game, Aaron, I'm going to freak out. <laughs> if uh, you know if Devin Booker has got somebody on the sideline that uh, they, that he's had to define as a long-standing relationship, just like that breaking news we had with the NCAA, I just see some loopholes here. I I see the NBA players abusing this privilege. Yeah, it is definitely <laughs> possible. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, I think a lot of them are going to take advantage of it to have their kids or their wives with them, uh, maybe even their parents. So. Uh, you know, it, it's worth the shot. And you know what? If you're going to get people tested, uh, why does it matter who you pick to come in the bubble? As long as, you know, everyone gets the equal amount of people uh, that they get to bring, uh, wh- why not? Yeah, if they quarantine for the 14 days, why can't they be allowed as much as anybody? <laughs> but, uh, you know, who knows? Hopefully it works, and, and, you know, hopefully the sentiment is still there when it comes to getting these family members closer to the NBA guys. We do need to express our condolences to Lynn Bowden. He lost his grandmother to COVID-19 this past Sunday night. Uh, not something that we got to on the first two days, but it is a, a reminder that this is a very serious thing that impacts thousands upon millions of people every day, not just in this country, but throughout the world. So we do want to express our condolences to Lynn. I recently saw him comment on uh, UK football's Instagram post after they released the 10-game schedule. He said, quote, I would have come back for this schedule. Maybe he would have, you know, maybe he would have embraced that challenge. But, you know, this is a guy that has represented the university in a great way. You know, he's had his spots, whether it be his freshman year or or just before the bowl game his last year. But I think Lynn Bowden has done a great job to represent the university in many a ways. And we do want to express his condolences to him during this tough time. I did also see an interview with offensive coordinator of the Las Vegas Raiders, Greg Olson. Now, Lynn Bowden drafted in third round of the last 2020 NFL draft, which is done virtually. Third round, 80th overall to those Las Vegas Raiders. And look at the setup they got, Aaron. Let's just look at it for a second with GM Mike Mayock, who was a television personality before he, he got the role. Head coach, my all-time favorite head coach, John Gruden, as a Tampa Bay Bucks fan, he is an offensive mastermind, and everybody in this country knows that after watching some Monday Night Football. Spider 2Y banana for the big man that has a 10-year contract. So I think the possibilities are limitless with Derek Carr, Marcus Mariota now backing up the quarterback position for the Raiders, an explosive um, rookie last year in Josh Jacobs, and even receivers like Darren Waller at the tight end position, or even Hunter Renfo. Remember that name from Clemson? He's another yeah. guy. 
for the Las Vegas Raiders receiving core. But I thought it was interesting, all the information about them drafting them as a running back, Lynn Bowden spending most of his time in the running back's room. So I caught a, an audio clip here from the offensive coordinator for the Raiders, Greg Olson, on just how they think they're going to be using Lynn Bowden this year. Very similar to what it was in college. And, you know, right now we have him working out of the running back room. He's meeting with the running back, Kirby Wilson, our running back coach. And we're, so we've got him at the running back, but also he's had to learn – uh, a lot of things that we do at the quarterback position. So, you know, you see the, the, the game changing uh, from year to year, the use of the RPOs and the use of uh, the Taysom Hills and those type of players that, that played that uh, RPO style of offense in college, they become valuable for us. Uh, and, and, and we believe that he can transition and be a, be a running back as, as well as do some of those plays at the quarterback position that he did in college. And how valuable is Lynn Bowden going to be in the NFL if he takes over the Taysom Hill role of the Las Vegas Raiders? Olsen says he's going to do a lot of what he did in college. Well, Aaron, it was only one year of college when Lynn Bowden became the read option machine that he was and the sensation that he was uh, leading the Wildcats to one of the best rushing performances in the country behind a great offensive line. But hearing Greg Olson say that, I am really even more confident about Lynn Bowden's future in the league. You talked about the revolution you're seeing in the NFL, and you see it maybe every five, six years. You'll see some new things implemented, whether it be the Wildcat with the Miami Dolphins, or, or now you see this read option effect taking over guys that have a little bit more speed. But if Lynn Bowden is going to be li- lining up out of the running back spot and also taking snaps under center under a John Gruden-led offense, the possibilities are limitless, Aaron, and I think Lynn Bowden could – not saying he is, but could be a long shot pick if you're into the sports books for maybe rookie of the year. Yeah, I, I mean, I really think that as soon as I saw it was the Raiders that picked them, my immediate thought was kind of the same as yours. It's, it's John Gruden. It doesn't get much better for any versatile player on the offensive side of the ball, especially one with the speed and athleticism that Bowden has. I mean, they we already saw Kentucky could do a million different things. Uh, I think that his, I don't know what his natural position is. I know it's not quarterback. I mean, he made that beautiful throw. He's capable of making some throws. Uh, he's definitely not though a quarterback, and that's why they ran the ball so much. <laughs> right. Yep. He was still a liability throwing the ball, but I think what, if they use him in the wildcat to run, uh, to throw on occasion, or you know, you can definitely put him out wide in the slot. I mean, I think what's been gone, what's flown under the radar with Lynn is look at the sophomore year he had. He still had over 700 yards receiving. I think it was four or five touchdown grabs, and he was nailed. He didn't drop any passes. He obviously had that huge touchdown against Florida uh, that kind of pulled the momentum toward Kentucky and kind of you started to have that feeling that, okay, UK might finally end this streak here. He had some really big catches in that Missouri comeback win. A punt return touchdown in that game too. Yeah, so we obviously know what he could do. And that year, he got to actually be the kick and putt returner. We saw him bring back two punts for a touchdown. Uh, he had two touchdown grabs in Louisville. So he's dynamic. The only position, at least from flinging the ball, I can't see him playing. But with Gruden, uh, I think he could be better than what Taysom Hill is in New Orleans. And do you remember who the Las Vegas Raiders selected in the first round of this past draft, Aaron? 
fastest guy in the draft, Henry Ruggs. That's right. So if you've already got him as that sole wide receiver and a guy like Hunter Renfro is obviously your slot guy, I just think that you know you can kind of use Lynn Bowden as that roam around, do whatever you want, make, line up in the running back position. You have to respect him as an elite, not elite yet, but a, a good size speed receiver on the outside. So I think it's just going to be a maybe a decoy play at first with Lynn Bowden, but he could eventually become the Taysom Hill-like that we've seen a lot in the NFL. Finally, before we take our final break of the program, we have to reiterate the significance of the sporting event that's taking place in Lexington tomorrow. The WTP Women's Tennis Association Tournament, uh, the top seed open in Lexington, Nicholasville, Kentucky. The second round will take place tomorrow in which we can watch on television. Can't go and see it, but on television, Serena Williams versus Venus Williams. The 31st meeting between the two Williams sisters who have dominated the sport of tennis. Serena has the slight edge 18-12 to 12 over her sister Venus, but Venus is in the one that is in much better form. She was able to sweep her first-round matchup, while Serena actually had to come back from a set down on Monday. This is Marina's fir- or Serena's first tennis action since having a child, and the COVID pandemic coming around. So the first tennis event at all in the last six months is a great warm-up and lead-up to the second Grand Slam major of the year, and that is the U.S. Open in New York. So, Aaron, we got to place our bets now. It's amazing that this sporting event is taking place in the city of Lexington, one that we cannot go and see physically, which is still bizarre. But who you got here on Serena versus Venus? The two have combined 30 Grand Slam wins and over 1,600 wins in general. This is going to be a star-studded matchup. Maybe one of the last times that these two sisters play each other in a competitive realm. I don't want to understate the significance. And also, who are you going for here? Yeah, I mean, Venus is already, what, 40 years old? And Serena is, let's see, I believe she is 38. So... They're both <clears throat> they're both near the end of the line here, but every time they play each other, it seems special. And it's even if you're not a tennis fan, it's just so cool to have a pair of siblings play at the highest level of tennis or any sport against one another, especially when it's one v one, like it is in the sport of tennis. But I think I think I'm just going to go with the young gun here, Serena. I, I'd have to go look at the uh, uh, matchups in recent years, but I, at least. From my uh, memory, how my memory serves is Serena has gotten the upper hand of this matchup for quite a bit now, so I'm going to go with the young gun there. I like how you describe Serena Williams as the young gun, even though she is on the end of her career and is considered the, <laughs> the greatest women's tennis player of all time. It, it's She's the young gun. We'll, we'll go with her. But I'm going the opposite, Aaron. Even though Serena has the 18-12 lead over Venus, Venus looked a lot better yesterday, and I'm thinking we're at the point of the career where Venus needs to get as many wins in as possible, or possibly that last win in, so she can have some bragging rights at the Thanksgiving dinner for the Williams family. So give me the momentum, give me the underdog, give me Venus Williams, and hopefully we should know the result by the time of our show tomorrow, um, because we'll have to uh, break down how Venus got it done over Serena. All right, we're going to take our final break of the program It's been a fun show so far. Again, thank you to Brian Milam and Tom Leach for joining us. It's been Billy Rutledge and Aaron Gershon. One segment to go here on the Millennial Version 
of the Big Blue Insider on the home of the Cats, 630 WLAP. This is the home of the Wildcats, 630 WLAP. Little chance the rapper to help us close out a Wednesday edition of the Big Blue Insider. It's the Young Guns, Billy Rutledge and Aaron Gershon, along with Evan Collins, playing the music for us, making sure we get in and out of our breaks. If you missed the show today, we've had a lot of sports news. The Big 12 is pushing forward with the start of the college football season, actually releasing a 10-game schedule today. They will start the season September 26, along with the SEC. After just yesterday, we saw the Big Ten and the Pac-12 cancel their fall sports. We also got some breaking news during the show that the Division I Council is recommending to the Division I Board of Directors that fall fall sports student-athletes who cannot compete due to COVID-19 or compete in 50% or less of the maximum number of competitions allowed in each sport will regain an extra year of eligibility. And, and Aaron, I think that is just huge news for guys who, one, may feel uncomfortable playing football at all for whatever reason, and two, just mitigating the risks that if you do start a season and it doesn't fully complete, there's no worries. This is, you know, we're all trying to get through this together, and you're going to have another year of doing this. But this also brings a whole ton of issues when it comes to eligibility and rosters for seasons after 2020. Yeah, that's the big thing. And we saw college baseball uh, have to expand their rosters, and they got they got that decision right. But still, you're talking about a logjam for playing time. In football, you already have. 85 guys on Scully playing time as it is uh, is hard to get. So it'll be really interesting to see if that's how uh, college football has to work, if you have to extend the roster size or expand the roster size, rather. Or, uh, I mean, I, I don't know how the heck you do it. You're definitely going to see, I'll say this, just like baseball, college baseball, uh, the JUCO ranks are going to be flooded. You're going to have uh, – they should not have changed – Last chance for you from football to basketball starting next year because you're going to have uh, Juco galore with high-end prospects or some of those three-star guys that normally would be, you know, suiting up and playing right away uh, at like a lesser FBS program or they're going to be playing Juco ball in Kansas, Mississippi, and all those states. And what I also think it might bring more parity, though. You might see, you know, some of the four-star guys that normally – still have a spot at Ohio State and the Alabamas, not, and then be more likely to choose a Kentucky or, you know, an up-and-comer in one of the other FBS programs. So there's a lot of ways to look at it. At the end of the day, the NCAA, for once, is absolutely right with that recommendation. Um, I mean, no one should have to lose a year uh, if they're going to go out and risk their health or if they get their season pulled from them without even having a decision. Right, and, and this decision applying for Division One programs, I'm sure something similar will be implemented for all colleges, but also think about these programs that aren't planning to play a college football season. If you're going to have that big of a shortfall in your athletics budget, and now you're expected to have an extra year of eligibility for these players, I think you could run into a lot of these scholarship issues and even more finance issues for athletic departments that really can't afford it. So we'll be keeping our eye on that story as well. As we Reach the end of the show here on the Big Blue Insider. Why don't we give you some things to watch on TV? There's plenty of sports going on right now, so some of the sports that you can check out later tonight. 
Starting at 8 o'clock, the Heats will take on the Thunder. And at 9 o'clock, the Clippers will take on the Nuggets. Currently, the Pacers have beaten the Rockets 108-104. to And also, the Sixers lead at halftime over the Raptors 62-55. to In the world of baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays lead the Red Sox in the top of the second 2-0. to The Braves and Yankees are tied up at 2 in the bottom of the second. And the Cubs lead the Indians right now 4-0 to in the bottom of the fifth. There was a moonshot in that game, wasn't there, Aaron? Uh, the Nationals, you said? Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. I was talking about the Cubs and Indians, but um, the Nationals, did they play earlier say, today? Oh, you should see. I heard Moonshot, and I, my mind, I, I just forgot everything you said, and I apologize. <laughs> but if you're a baseball fan, go look at what Juan Soto did in the first inning of their game with the Mets about an hour ago. He hit a ball. They say it's 466 feet. Uh, it's uh, it's got to be more than that. I think the ball actually left City Field in New York. It, it it's a sight to behold. Even if you're not a baseball fan, you ought to go find that clip. Mariners and Rangers to finish out the baseball schedule tonight. Even catch the Canadians, Canadians and Flyers in some NHL playoff action. Hey, look, plenty of sports going on. We tried to keep it positive today here on the Big Blue Insider. For Aaron Gershon and Evan Collins, I'm Billy Rutledge. We'll be back tomorrow. Everyone, have a good night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.